In a world of stereotypes, being called a geek comes with a certain image. There is still that ingrained thing within me that is a little bit embarrassed about it. In reality, geek culture has never been more mainstream, and behind every geek is a real story. My dad was the one who got me into Star Wars and things. Join me, your super dummy Paul, as I continue my learning experience and talk to the real people. I'm a secondary school teacher, so I teach 11 to 16 year olds in English. Subscribe to Era of Geek to hear their stories. He's one of them like, you've ever gonna grow up? And I'm like, no, why should I? I, I like my life, I, I enjoy what I do, this is my hobby. Search for Era of Geek on your favorite podcatcher or go to superdummy.co.uk slash geek. Is who you are now, who you want to be now, or are you someone you don't want to be? Is what you wanted really what you wanted, or is it nothing like your dream? Indie Comics Spotlight, the show where we do a deep dive, deep dive, deep, deep dive into an ongoing series or a graphic novel from a company other than the big two. You know the big two. It's really like the big four, really. Dark Horse, Image, we do those. We've even done some Vertigo on here. Look, we're okay. You know what it is. Essentially means we're doing stuff. It's a little off the beaten path. That's all we're doing here. Well, today is another hidden gem. Now, the last time I was going to do a hidden gem, it was going to be this book. And then all the stuff happened with gender queer. And I saw that it was the most banned book in the world. And so I got pissy as rightfully I should. And so I did that instead. So I'm back now to do this book. And the book we're going to do is called The Book Tour. It is done by British cartoonist Andy Watson, Andy with an I. And Andy is a cartoonist, writer, illustrator. He has been nominated for Eisner's, Harvey, British Comic Award. He's worked for Marvel, Dark Horse Image, Walker Books, First Second Books, Random House. He's done it all. He's that guy. So he has a lot of book writing experience. The reason There's a reason for that. This book came out in 2020 uh, by... Um, Top Shelf? This is Top Shelf. Yeah, Top Shelf, which is an imprint of IDW. So I've done some Top Shelf before. I've done IDW before, obviously. So um, good stuff. Good stuff, though. But the Top Shelf line is a little bit more, um, how, how do we say? Uh, like a lot of IDW is very much, um, you know, they do a lot of IP stuff. They do lots of like, they've got superheroes. They've got over the top horror stuff. And the top shelf is a little more air quotes rooted in reality. Now, whether or not uh, the story we're about to discuss is rooted in reality um, remains to be seen. But uh, as you know, with these hidden gems, we go spoiler free and I tend to ramble. So sorry in advance. This is a book I'd not picked up. Um, until recently, maybe about a year ago, and I've been sitting with it for a while. Um, and I've said this before, and I'll say it again, love Kafka. 
big, huge fucking Kafka fan. I mean, just a brilliant, brilliant writer. And, you know, he didn't really, it's, I always feel conflicted about Kafka because he didn't want us to read his work. He actually kind of wanted his uh, publisher to destroy all of his work. And I guess, thankfully for us, he didn't. Now that happened with Emily Dickinson too, her sister-in-law slash girlfriend slash love of her life and her niece, um, the daughter of said woman and her brother, um, they, they found a lot of Emily's poems and they curated them. And, and, you know, so we know we've read Emily Dickinson, probably the best American poet of all time. And I know that's big talk, say what you will. And I, I understand, I understand there's amazing poets. I'm just saying, ah, I, she was so succinct um, and so brave and uh, honest probably because she didn't expect anybody to read them. So it's kind of like, do you want everybody to publish your diary and your inner thoughts? So maybe she's not brave. I don't know. So I always feel conflicted because I love Emily Dickinson's work, but also like mm, she didn't want me to read it. And Jane Austen had a bunch of stuff too, letters to her sister and just other kind of juvenilia that we've never read because her sister did destroy it all. So I see both sides. That's what Jane wanted. Her sister respected that. I'm pissed because who knows what else there could have been. Um, it's okay. It's all good. So I say all this to say um, Kafka is one of those guys who had some, he was troubled, let's say. But the question is, is what, by what was he troubled? Was he troubled by him? Was he just, was it all internal? Did he just have an undiagnosed mental illness? Was he sick of the world? Did he see things more clearly? Was he really not disturbed at all, but he was just presenting the world to us in the way that he saw it, which is twisted, bizarre, pointless in some ways, mean, disrespectful, horrific, and yet somehow still beautiful. There's still some beauty there because in the back of all of Kafka's work as as hard as it is to read and as horrible as the things that happen, there's a little element of hope there. And so this book that Andy writes, the book tour, is about a gentleman called, what the fuck are we talking about Kafka? Is this a Kafka show? I mean, maybe, yes, it is, but not, but it is, but it isn't. So Andy writes this book, Andy Watson writes the book tour, and it, there's this guy called G. H. Fretwell, what a name, what a fucking name, right? I mean, you automatically know, like right from the beginning, you see the book is called Without K, K, which is a, that's a very specific reference to a Kafka story. And G.H. Fretwell has this book, it's called Without K. So what we learn is he is on his way to go on a book tour of Europe and his wife, Rebecca, is in the other room. He's like, honey, I'm ready to go. I got to go. And she's like, whatever, dear. And so he doesn't say goodbye to his kids and he doesn't say goodbye to his wife. We never see them. So we're almost left to wonder, are they even real? Because throughout the story, as G.H. Fretwell, Mr. Fretwell, goes through this Kafka-esque uh, series of events, which I'll get to in a second, he keeps trying to contact his wife and he keeps, and it's always really bizarre. Like the interactions with them are really off-putting. She doesn't even seem to know who he is, right? So let's put a pin in that. Don't know who he is. So 
does anybody know who he is? So he shows up for his book tour and, and he's supposed to go around and sign books and he's excited and he's got his own bag of books and he's going to bring them with him. And well, as he gets off the train, nobody's there to pick him up. And this guy's like, no, no, I'm here to pick you up. But he's like, okay, cool. And he takes his bag full of books and then he steals them. And so that's how his day starts by his books getting stolen. So he goes to the um, police and they're like, whatever, who carries around books? And nobody ever listens to him, right? So that's, that's part of it. And then what you see in the background of this, everywhere he goes, every book tour stop he shows up to, two things happen. The day before, there was a person called F.P. Guys, haha, who's got a book called Sierra Umbra that is out. And this is like just taking the world by storm, Sierra Umbra, which, which means translated, Sierra means a mountain chain and Umbra is a dark shadow. So there's this mountain chain of a dark shadow that's hovering over the top of Mr. Fretwell, who's trying to sell and promote his book. And so every day, every place he goes, nobody shows up and it gets more and more heartbreaking. And then he gets caught up in a crime. So that's the, there's the, uh, the nod to the trial, which is where without K comes from. And then he ends up at a castle, which is of course the nod to the, that story as well, the castle. And, um, so this is a love letter to Kafka. And, and, and so we have to ask ourselves a couple of questions. What is it? Why would Watson want to do a love letter to Kafka? And what is it about our character Fretwell? Again, best fucking name ever. What is it about this guy that makes him worthy of a story? Why do we want to spend time with him? And how do we relate to him? He's kind of a sad sack. Watson is a cartoonist. So the way he draws Fretwell is just like a big U. His face is a U with a little bump for his ear and then a squiggle, right, of hair. And that's his face. So you can imagine that. And his eyes are literally just two black dots. His nose is a U and his mouth is a hole, just a little bigger black dot. That's his whole face. And you think, well, that's not, it is the most expressive face. It's insane to think that it's just that simple. Like you could just take a pen and draw exactly what it said. Draw a big U, squiggle at the top for hair, across, not like straight across, but like raise it up. Like you're completing the oval, but give it bumps. Two dots, a U for a nose, and a hole for a mouth. That's his face. That's Fretwell's face. And so the O for the mouth is the point because he's always like looks exasperated and he's always lost. And the fact that his eyes are just dots, he can't tell what's going on in there. So he always looks worried. He's, he's always fretting. It's so fucking brilliant. God, it's so good. So anyway, so why do we want to tell the story? So I don't know. So let's go back to thinking about his family, like I said. So what is it about his wife? Is his wife even real? And if she is real, does she even know him? And so to me, that's the thing that Kafka does best. And what Watson does in his love letter to Kafka is what do we know and who really knows us? And I mean this seriously, like think about the people in your life. Think about your partner most, but think about, and if you don't have a partner, Okay, sorry, I'm not trying to say you should have one. I'm saying, you know, partners you've had in the past or what is your dream partner? Who is that person? Ask yourself all those questions. Who is the person? Who's your person? And what does that person know about you? And it's a tough call, right? Because you, you want to say, well, my person knows everything about me. That's true. You do want that. You want your person to know what you're thinking before you know it. You want your person to know if you're in a bad mood without you having to come in and say, hello, partner, I'm having a shitty day. Please pay attention to me. You want that person to read the room and know you that way, know everything about you. But you also don't want your partner to know everything about you so that it's boring. So what are you going to do? Just sit there and stare at each other? You have nothing to say because I know everything about you. You're boring. 
Well, that's not what you want. I mean, you want your partner to know you, but then you also want a, your partner to live your life with you. See, and I think that's, to me, Kafka's character and, and Fretwell here, Watson's character, they're looking for that. Like they're looking for a human connection, but they're not necessarily looking for a human connection with everyone. They'd like to be respected by people. They would like, I mean, Fretwell's written this book, um, but it's just not doing well because this guy's book is out there. This guy's book is out there. And it's doing better. And people are like, well, I was just here. I just bought a book yesterday. I can only buy one book. So I'm not going to buy your book. And more on the state of the book industry um, and reading in general and you know, consumerism, all of that's there. And I'll talk about that in a second. But what does he want? What do we all want? Why am I making the show? Who am I hope with whom am I hoping to connect? Well, obviously, my friends who listen, I thank you guys for listening. Um, but there's other people who are going to listen to this whom I don't know. And that's really cool, too, is to be like, hey, I'm connecting with you. I'm telling some – you think listening to me talk to myself for 20 minutes, half an hour is worth it because I have something interesting to say about comic books or about art or about life or about whatever. You never know when I'm doing these solo shows where I'm going to wander to. I understand. And that's – I don't ever know where I'm going to wander to. I listen back to these. And I'm like, what the fuck? What was I even saying? I don't even know. Um I really went off the rails uh, with the Lucy in the Sky one, but you know it's also how it is. It's like that's what I feel, and I and and Watson and Kafka want us to think about how we feel, and they want to think about how we want to interact with people. How do you like? I'm a person who is insular, and so I'm a fake extrovert. I like I've I, where when I moved down here, I've yet to. I mean, I've made some acquaintances. I'm on the library board. Like I, I know some people, but I don't really have friends here. And when I think back to my life, I don't really have a ton of friends. Um, I still don't. Like it's just not something I've ever done. I've never been good at it. Probably because I'm always looking for a little bit deeper connection, not just with my partner, but with the people with whom I spend time. Like I want, I want to have a deeper connection with me. I don't always just want to be like, this is my drinking buddy, Jimbo, and we hang out and we drink beer and we talk about sports and then we go home and we're best friends. And I'm going to think that's my best. That's not what I want. I mean, that Jimbo's fine. Jimbo can be a great guy to hang out with. Everybody needs a Jimbo. You're like, oh, I just want to go out drinking. Jimbo's always a good time for drinking Jimbo. Great. But sometimes you also want to know, you know him as James. You want to know him as Jim, you want to know him as Jimmy, whatever his friends and family. And I, you know, I know people who go by all those names, people who are called James. I know people who go by Jim. I know people who go by Jimmy. And I know people who know, go, go by James. I honestly don't know anybody who goes by Jimbo, but you know, there's Jimbo's out there. You know, there's a Jimbo and he's like, I'm a Jimbo. And the reason he's a Jimbo is because that's all anybody knows about. Him. He's that guy. Yeah. And I think what Watson is trying to show us is we want more than that. We, you know, you write a book because you want your book to connect with people. I mean, if you have one person you've never met before, read your book and like it and think about it and be moved by it. Is that a success? I think it is. If one person reads your book and says, somebody you don't know, somebody who's not your, I mean, yes, it's lovely, of course. You want your family to read it. You want your friends to read it and like it. That's the most important thing. I'm not pretending it isn't. You know, if, if I write something and my wife is like, that sucks, well, then I, you, none of the rest of you will ever see it. But if my, I read it, my wife likes it, that's awesome, right? But she also has an emotional connection to me too, you know? So like she's bringing that to the art that I'm doing. Not like in a way where it's like, oh, that's really nice, honey. You know, like, you know, it's not patronizing. Um, but, you know, 
that's important. And obviously if I give it to my friends and, and my, my podcast family and I'm like, Hey guys, check this out. And they read it and they're like, oh, that was pretty good. Awesome. Love that. I'm happy. I'm glad you guys like it too. That's important to me. I want you all to respect the work that I'm doing, but there's something about creative types that there is this urge that you just want to reach that one person. You don't know who it is. Somebody who read your book and who's like, damn, that book is good. Everybody started that way, right? Every artist started that way. Every artist wanted to reach one person. And that person's life changed because you saw that picture, you heard that song, you read that book, whatever the thing. It doesn't have to be a big change, but it's a change. That's a different level of connection. There's those interpersonal connections, who you want a partner, what you want from those people. You want them to know you, but you want them to live your life with you. You want to grow with that person. You want to have continual conversations. You want to say, I know what you up to today, but let, what are we going to do exciting today? Right? Was it, did Piglet say that to Pooh? What are we going to do that's exciting today? Um, or maybe Piglet, yeah, Piglet said that to Pooh. And then um, and Pooh says, what's for lunch? And they mean the same thing. What, what are we going to do that's exciting today? It, for Pooh, that's lunch. And for Piglet, it's, you know, just having an exciting day. I'm totally bastardizing that. Sorry, Pooh and Piglet. Sorry, A.A. Milne fans of the world. Excuse me. I'm sure I shit all over that. Anyway, um, so that's what you want, though. You want to live that life. Let's go do something exciting. And that something exciting can just be, let's watch a new show. Let's listen to a new song together. Let's, let's go see a movie together. Let's read the same book. Let's experience the same event, watch a sunset, eat a same meal, and then talk about it and interact. And then that's a deeper way of knowing people. And when you write, when you put art out in the world, you are also doing that. You're, you're sharing bits of yourself and you're trying to connect with someone because... And then what is that reason? And, and Kafka and Watson here are asking us, why are we doing this? Is it important to be famous? Or is it important to, be, to make good art? It's a, it's a good question to ask. And I think um, I, don't, I don't have the best answer. I don't want to be famous. Like, I don't want to be like, you know, Bono. I don't want to be that. I don't want that. That would be horrific. But I would like people to read my books. I would like people to say, your books are good. I would like people to listen to my podcast and say, hey, that was entertaining. And people do that. And that's important to me. And I love you all for doing it. And thank you so much. It means a lot to me. I love it when my students say, man, you really connected with me. I didn't know that. I didn't think that thought, but your follow-up question, you pushed me to think harder. You pushed me to try harder. And so now I'm a better person. So that's a connection. And I teach online. So I love that. I'm putting that out there and putting my energy out into the world. And what do I want in return? A connection, not a deep connection. I don't want people to come over to the house. I don't want to have a party with all my students. I don't want them to even know where I live. Most of them have no idea where I live. Um, that's intentional, right? So it's like you want that connection, but you also want your anonymity, right? But what Kafka asks and what Watson asks in the book tour is, do we really want anonymity or do we want fame? Do we want fortune? You know, what do we want? What do you really, really want? Like, do you want to be world famous? Like if you wrote a book or you made a movie or you wrote a pop song or whatever song, any song, and it was big and all of a sudden you were a hit, you were like BTS famous or you were Madonna famous back in her day or you're the Bono or you're, you know, Clooney or you're Julia Roberts. Would you want that? Do you want to be Brad Pitt famous? Do you want to be, is that what you want? Or do you just want to make really good art? 
and connect with people at a different level. And is that good enough? Is there a is there a difference between the two? Because off page in the book tour is this guy's guy who is super famous, who everybody's like lining up around the block or queuing up around the block, as my British friends would say, to see this guy every day, the day before Fretwell comes. And it's like, he's pissed. It's like, he's stealing my thunder. But at the beginning, he just kind of wants a good, like you see him reading the review. He would like a good literary review. He would like people to think his book is good. That's the thing. At no point do we actually know if his book is good. And it's up to us to decide, does he even, does Fretwell even think his book is good? And this is the other thing. It's because Guys' book is totally outselling his book, like by a mile. And it's getting all this press. It's getting all this publicity. And everybody's talking about guys. Oh, my God. I saw guys. And oh, my God. Sierra Umber. What a book. Beep, 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 beep. He's getting all, so he's now saying, well, he's the reason. This other person is the reason that I'm not doing good. So he's, he's projecting, right? And maybe his book sucks. Maybe one person just likes his book and maybe that's good enough. Maybe his book shouldn't see the light of day, which is the commentary I think Watson is also making on Kafka, this without K, is you know, maybe the best, maybe you should just write art for yourself. Maybe that's enough, you know? I mean, obviously I want people to listen to this or I wouldn't put it out on the internet, but you know, why do I read art? Why do I read as much as I do? Why do I listen to music the way that I do? I mean, all the stuff that we do on the Pop Gorillas, is stuff I do because I love that stuff. I, you know, I share my reviews and my ideas with the, with the world because I, I hope other people read or you know experience art i hope other people read books i hope other people see movies and listen to music and do that stuff it's important to me that other people i think art matters and so obviously i want people to listen to this i'm you know if i didn't want people to listen i would just sit alone in my room and talk to myself for 20 minutes right i wouldn't put this on the internet so it's this weird thing we all want to be listened to every one of us on the network who puts on the show hope people listen we don't need you know big Joe Rogan numbers. We don't need Howard Stern numbers. We don't need fill in the blank. We're not, we don't want to be Brene Brown and have a bazillion day people. We don't want to be Oprah. Um, but maybe we do. Maybe somebody on the net, maybe it's like, I want Oprah. I want to be as famous as Oprah. That would be awful in my opinion. I think Oprah's life is hard. Um, it looks pretty good from the outside, but I suspect it's pretty difficult. And that's the thing with this Umber guy and the story or the guy's guy who wrote Sierra Umbra, how's his life? Like, we don't see it. We're just left to see Fretwell want his life. But does he want his life? And, and again, spoiler free, there's a ton of crazy shit that goes on in here that is really reminiscent of the trial. So you 100% need to read this book. If you've ever read the trial, if you've ever read the castle, and even if you haven't, if you haven't read Kafka before, this would make you want to read Kafka. And if like me, you love Kafka, you'll want to, read it but there's this there's this whole thing this commentary that runs through here is who knows us who do we know what do we want right what do we want with our art what do we want with our relationships what do we want with our connections what do we want with our actions how do we want to be treated what does respect mean what is the level of respect that we need there's there's this also this other layer of gaslighting that happens and that's part of it too and i think 
we've all been gaslit and we're all living in a world where politicians gaslight us every day. They look at us with and smile and shake our hand while they're picking our pocket. It's bullshit. And they lie to our faces. And as I'm recording this in the UK, they're trying to ship migrants to Rwanda for, for some fucking reason when none of them are from there. And in our country, my country, they're stopping people at the border who are coming from like Guatemala and from um, El Salvador and they're making them stay in Mexico. Well, they didn't want to go to Mexico. They wanted to come here because we're supposed to be the land of fucking opportunity, but we're monsters. And we're not really the land of opportunity that we pretend we are if you're brown, right? And that's disappointing and it's disheartening and, and that is gaslighting because our politicians say, oh, we're welcoming all people and we love all people and I'm not racist and I'm not this and I love everybody. and We need jobs and we need workers and we need this and well, everybody's fair shake and land of the free and everything's awesome and let the market decide and all the bullshit that everybody says. But that's all just a lie, right? It's all a gaslighting nonsense. And so, but we are constantly gaslit, whether it's by politicians, sometimes we're gaslit by people in our life. And this book, the, the book tour is full of Fretwell getting gaslit. And he is hopeful. And this is, I'm going to get to the hope part now. That's the thing. He's hopeful, right? In the face of it all, he remains hopeful that someone will believe him, that someone will like his book, that someone will show up. And, and, and there's this one heartbreaking moment in the middle. And I don't want it. But I mean, it was like, I choked up. There's a heartbreaker in there. It's like, ah, oh, man. And it's good writing, right? Only real good writing can get you to get, can break your heart. So there are some gut punches in this thing, man. Dude, fuck. God damn. It's so good. But anyway, um, and so, but there's hope, right? Because every day Fretwell shows up at the next thing and, he, and he's hopeful that the weird crime he's been caught up with will work out fine. And he hopes that somebody's going to show up at his book signing and he hopes somebody's going to find his suitcase and he hopes that his wife is going to be nice to him and he hopes he's going to get to eat his fucking lunch. And it's, it's and, and he never gives up. And that's the thing. And in and all the Kafka stories, they don't give up, right? Even when it seems hopeless. They try, even when Gregor Samsa awakes to find that he's been transformed into a giant vermin, he still wants to do things. And, and what at the end of that story, at the end of the metamorphosis, what Gregor does is a hopeful act, hopeful for his family, not necessarily for himself. And so there's this underlying hope in here, too. And again, that's all part of why we put out in the world, right? We put anything in the world, ideas, art, my work, your work, whatever it is you're doing. You're hopeful. I mean, very few people. I mean, there are fuck faces out there, of course, but if nobody I know personally, you know, know that I know well and, and hang out with or talk to on a daily basis, puts anything in the world that they hope sucks. Nobody shows up to work and is like, I hope I ruined some lives today. I hope I kick somebody in the balls. You know, I, nobody does that. Nobody that people do, but nobody that you'd want to know. And so there's this hope every day, right? Whatever your job is, whether you're in public service, or whether you're, you know, working in industry, you're working, um, you know, in retail, whatever it is you do, you're hopeful, right? I mean, nobody does their, I mean, yes, you do your work to live and, you know, all that stuff. I get it, but you still want it, your work to matter. You want to help somebody, right? If, if you're working at a sales desk and you say, how may I help you? You mean that. Like, I, I hope you mean that. I hope you want to help somebody with whatever it is. And maybe that person just, you know, bought a really great gift because you helped or you wrapped a gift. I mean, I used to work retail where I would wrap gifts and that was that meant a lot to people, especially like when I get an older person to come in who who maybe had arthritis or just couldn't do it or you know, didn't need to buy a whole fucking 25 foot roll of wrapping paper. And so where I worked at the drugstore, we would wrap gifts 
that meant so much to that person. It was what, 10 minutes. I got paid to do it, but it felt great to be like, here you go. They genuinely cared. It's really nice. Um, you know, I always try to, I'm a big tipper. I haven't really been back into the world since the pandemic is over, but I'm a big tipper. I tip the person who I don't have my groceries delivered, but I have people shop for my groceries. And, um, because I'm just don't want to be in the stores yet. And so I tip the person who brings it out occasionally, not every time, you know, but like it's the same person three times in a row, boom, tip. Because it's hard. It's hard. I mean, you're doing something and I want you to know that I care. I appreciate that you cared enough to get my groceries and bring them out to the car to me. I know it's your job too, but I mean, thanks. So, you know, you want then to me that sends a tip. And I always nice and thankful and talk to the person who brings my stuff out. I'm not like sitting there with, you know, on my phone looking down and ignoring the person. Um, but, you know, you, you just, you always want to make that connection. You always want to feel useful and, and those people are doing something useful for me. So I want them to know, I appreciate it. So these are the things we do, right? And, and um, this book is there, it touches on all of those things. That's hope, right? That is hope. Under it all, you hope that you make somebody's day better. You don't want to make somebody's day worse. So that's all there. And then this underlying thing is what I mentioned about the consumerism and, and what it is. It's like, and it's really kind of timely. It's probably good too that now here we are like in the teeth of the recession and everything kind of sucks. Now you got to be a little bit more thrifty, right? And I've, I've gone, you know, I've, I've had money troubles in my life, right? I did not grow up wealthy. My family did not have a ton of money. And um, after my first marriage ended, I definitely was broke and had lots of money troubles. So you've had to be thrifty, right? We've all been there. Most of us, anybody listening to this, I'm sure there's some people who've never, like, I've never had money troubles in my life. I was born rich and I'm still rich. That's awesome. I'm, I, I'm hopeful for that for you. That's awesome. But for most of us, that's not the case. We think about that stuff. And so how do we, what do we do with our money? You know, I got this on Hoopla Digital, the unofficial sponsor of Indie Comics Spotlight. And the reason I use Hoopla Digital, I say this all the time, is Andy got money because I got this book from Hoopla Digital because the library pays back. My tax dollars fund the library. The library pays out. Everybody's tax dollars fund the library. People who don't use the library, that's on you, man. If you don't want to use the library, don't. But there's an excellent way to pay it forward by checking stuff out on Hoopla Digital. Want to hear a new band? Get it from Hoopla Digital. Want to see a movie? See if it's on Hoopla Digital. There's some shows on there. Again, books, 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 audiobooks, comic books, everything. You're giving back to the artists by doing that. And so there's this commentary in here. Like, what do you want to buy? Like, what do you physically want? Like, clutter-wise, I don't really like to buy a lot of hard, hard, hardbound stuff. But, like, there's some books I have that are, there's some physical items that I'm happy to have. And so that's what this book is also about. Like, book selling, books in general, do you buy books and do you have, do you want to go to a book signing? Pandemic notwithstanding, do you want to go to a book signing? Do you physically want that book? Is it important enough to you? And if you can only go to one book signing, do you go to one a month? Do you want to spend 25 bucks a month on books, on one book? Or do you want to take the $25 and go to the used bookstore and buy 18 bucks or 20 bucks? Go to Goodwill where they're two for 50 cents. Charity shops, you guys call them in the UK. Do you want to do that? Or do you want to buy that one new book, which helps the new author, that helps the new book to use the bookstore? Do you go to the, the used bookstore or the, excuse me, to go to your small community bookstore? Or do you go to the big bookstore? How do you do? So there's this, this commentary there too on like the commodification of art and that money matters, unfortunately, right? If, if you make something and you put it out in the world, especially if you get a contract to do it and nobody buys your album or nobody buys your book, nobody watches your show, no, you're not going to get to make that art anymore. So you got to sell it 
but then that what does that do to your art so is this sierra umbra book that's that's beating without k to the punch is it any good doesn't matter doesn't matter if it's good right once it's out there it's out there once everybody says it's a bestseller i mean getting on the bestseller list is a big deal so once you're on the bestseller list then you become a bestseller then that's on the front of your next book that you were a bestseller which makes you sell more books very kafka even if the book isn't any good that's what happened so some people used to buy five thousand copies of their book the day it came out of their own book and it would instantly make them a bestseller and then what would happen is people would be like oh then you'd get to the front of the store you'd be in the window and now more and more people buy your book because you bought five thousand of your own so maybe you buying five thousand sells five thousand more and then there were some places that would actually let you within 30 days return your books people would buy their own books wait till day 29 then return their own books but it didn't matter because the sales happened and the book was a bestseller and now other people see it and then they buy it so it's just again is it the merit is it commodity it's always you know tanya and i were just talking it's who you know not what you know it doesn't matter how good your writing is sometimes it doesn't matter how good your song is it doesn't matter how good your podcast is right still getting to the right place at the right time and how does that you know what does the commodification of art mean and so that's underlying here too so listen all i can say is uh, this book was special to me because it hit all the right things for me kafka wise it's tragic it's hopeful it's thoughtful it's simply drawn it is a pretty simple story all kafka stories and watson's story here is are simple because they, they don't try to overcomplicate things because the things that are happening happening are complicated enough. You need one or two characters, you need to follow one protagonist, and then crazy wackadoo shit happens. And it's so good. So I would say go to Hoopla Digital, type in the book tour, Andy Watson, A-N-D-I, read it, and then send me a message. What do you think? What did you think of it? You can go to my website, arfarina.com, and send me a message and tell me what you think. And I've got a couple of people who'd sent me some books, real book books, but I just appreciate that. So I love books, and this is a book about books, and it's a love letter to books, it's a love letter to writers. Uh, so read the book tour. And if you, you know, if you want me to review a book, I'm happy to review a book. I put it up on Pop Gorillas. So I'm just looking forward to all the cool um opportunities so i appreciate the people who sent me their books and i will definitely put those up on pop gorillas i just appreciate people trusting me with their art and that means a lot to me so um thanks for listening everybody and um i'll see you soon there's a girl with a crown and a scepter who's on wlsd and she says that the scene isn't what it's been And she's thinking of going home That it's old and it's totally over now And it's old and it's over, it's over now And it's over, it's over, it's over now I can see myself at the end of the tour When the
people driving themselves to distraction inside me. Then came a knock on the door, which was odd, and the picture abruptly changed at the end of the tour. When the road disappears, if there's any more people around, when the tour Opened the door and expelled all the people